G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 212, brought to you by our Patreon members community. Without the support of our patrons, we simply would not be able to bring you this podcast each and every week. And it's a big shout out to all of you members that have been joining the Patreon community. There's been a lot of you in the last few weeks. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the community. Also, thank you to all our members of the Patreon community. It's been great and it's really growing. So if you think about the Patreon community and you're asking yourself, well, what's in it for me? Well, the simple answer is there's a lot in it for you. Uh, For not much more than a cup of coffee a month, you can come and join us there. There's two Zoom accountability meetings each month. You can come and chat to other fasters. They're hosted by myself. You can ask questions, interact, or just sit back and listen. You can also find information, extra bonus podcasts. There's audio series on fasting topics, uh, such things as breaking free from sugar, and many, many other topics that we've been covering in the last few months in the Patreon community. It's all there, ready for you to listen to when you join. And you can do that by going to the link in the show notes at www.com patreon forward slash the fasting highway. Okay, folks, let's get on with today's podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking with Erica Barnhart. And Erica is a 43-year-old salon consultant who resides in Pennsylvania with her husband and three dogs. And Erica has been struggling with weight issues since childhood and was overweight most of her life. Over many years, she has tried numerous diets since the age of 12, but her success was only temporary. And Erica has always been fond of eating a variety of foods, but she also enjoys eating in volume and feeling full. And it was in March 2023 where Erica finally discovered the freedom that she had been seeking through finding out about intermittent fasting, as you'll hear in this podcast. But I won't spoil the story. Here she is to tell it herself, the amazing Erica Barnhart. Oh, g'day, Erica, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, Graham. Thanks so much for inviting me to come. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you here, Erica, and for all those listening around the world in some 53 countries, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of your backstory and how you sort of found your pathway to getting to intermittent fasting. Um, Well, my backstory is a lot like other people's that I've heard from in the communities that I listen to, but... um, Essentially, I have been an overweight person almost my entire life. Um, I've been the biggest kid in my class in second grade. And whenever you look back at the pictures, I was always the tallest as well. So um, I just felt like I was a strong, large person. Um, And I had tried many different diets throughout my life. Um, I can name several of them, but my first one was when I was a child. 
Um, when I was about 11 years old or so, there was something called the stoplight diet. And really they just listed foods as like red light, yellow light, green light. So that was like my first introduction to learning which foods were good and bad. Um, and yeah, so I was overweight most of my adult life. Um, so fast forward a little bit. Um, I had always embraced being like a plus size woman and I work in the beauty industry and uh, I wanted to be strong and confident and a role model for my friends and my coworkers. So um, I'd always embraced being a plus size person, but I had hit this point um, in the last couple of years where I started to feel uncomfortable and um, I stopped feeling strong and positive and like I was a great example and I was feeling old and tired and um, I was really against wanting to take medications or uh, I could see things happening to me that I didn't like and I was ready to make a change. So that's kind of how I discovered intermittent fasting. Um, it really came into light because I was always researching things that I could add to my diet to fix things. Like for example, um, I was having issues with inflammation. I was dealing with planters fasciitis. So I was looking, you know, what can I add? What kind of fruit can I eat to help this? Um, but every time I researched something, fasting kept coming up for every issue and everything that was going on in my life. So I feel like sometimes the fates have a way of speaking to you. And for some reason, fasting just kept coming up all the time. And it was a new novel concept because I had always considered adding things to my diet or changing something, but I never considered not eating as an option. So that was brand new to me um, and a little exciting too and scary. So I'm excited that I found it. Fantastic. So just for the people listening out there, Eric, if you wouldn't mind just sharing when you actually started intermittent fasting and just some of your stats and that sort of thing about your weight, if you don't mind sharing that and sort of where you are now and how long it's taken to get to that point. Absolutely. So um, I started fasting on about March 1st of 2023. So I'm not even quite one year into the journey. So I feel like um, you're catching me mid journey. I'm about 11 months in um, and I started on March 1st. And whenever I first started, I had weighed in and I was 248 pounds, um, which Whenever I uh, did that to kilograms, it was about 112.5 kilograms. Um, so I am five foot seven and a half or so. So that's about 172 centimeters uh, to my calculations. Um, so I was in the obesity range. So that was a problem that scared me. It was the highest weight I had ever seen. Um, whenever I was a hairstylist working behind the chair, I had done a few diets. Like I said, I had done the keto diet or just from being so busy at work, I was very easily able to get and stay around 220 pounds. So being 248 pounds was a big difference than what I was comfortable with whenever I was working in the field. But yeah. then my career changed and I was working from home more, which I can explain some more. Um, my, and it, it changed the variables. Um, I was home more, I was eating more, I was snacking more, and I wasn't busy with my customers um, or my customer had changed 
to where instead of us being busy and doing hairstylists, I was busy with business owners and managers and we were having fun and having meetings and eating cookies and cakes and pizza. So changed yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, different dynamic. So, so just about a year you've been doing this now. And one of the reasons I wanted to get you on because I wanted to record with you this first year and then come back to you in six and 12 months and follow you up. Because I think it's really important when we have our guests on that people sort of say to me, hey, what happened to that person or what happened to that person? So I think it's really great that we've caught you at this stage of your journey. So what's your total weight loss now, did you say? It's the perfect time you caught me. So I uh, just recently hit 90 pounds or 40.5 kilograms. And um, I have been my lowest weight so far. I weighed in just this last week. It was strange, right after you reached out to me at 158 pounds, um, which is... I have it written down. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's about 75 kilos. About 72 kilograms. Um, But then I immediately popped up back up a couple pounds. I have been really fluctuating between 162 and 165 pounds, 73 to 76 kilograms um, for the last couple months. But I do feel like I know what to do next. So I'm excited about that. Crazy amount of weight loss, 90 pounds in under a year. That's fantastic. We'll delve into that a bit more later. But the clean fast, did you get that from the start or did that come later? Almost immediately. So um, as I said, I was doing my research on fasting. I understood the clean fast. Um, I was ready to you know, skip the cream in my coffee. That was the big hurdle. Um, the one thing I didn't fully understand at first, but realized very quickly is that some bottled drinks may still have additives such as like citric acid or an iced tea that I like to drink. So um, I, but when I realized that very quickly, I began the clean fast and it was all the difference in the world and I would never deviate from that. Yeah. Fantastic. Good to hear. So with your reading protocol, let's get into that now. What were your sort of fasting hours when you first started? Has that changed much and have you varied it and have you tried any like extended fasting or ADF or have you sort of stuck to the same sort of regime? I have tried all the fasts. Uh, I I look at it like a toolbox. So um, whenever I started though, like uh, my first commitment was just, um, I realized I was eating dessert every night. So I just like, let's stop eating dessert. Let's try to hit 14 hours. So I think I um, stopped eating from eight uh, PM till 10 AM or something like that. And just tried to delay my breakfast. And then, uh, slowly, um, within the first couple of days, I wanted to push to lunch. So I was doing a 16, eight for the first couple of weeks. Um, and I had joined some social media groups and they were doing some fasting challenges and I was excited to try some new things. So, um, I happened to come in when they were doing uh, a one meal a day challenge for a few days. I said, well, this is my opportunity to try it. Um, with the support of others. And I'm really glad that I did because it was something I didn't think I could do. And it was hard at first, but um, it challenged me and I felt like I had support. So that was really helpful. And since then I've done lots of different fasts. um, And I really think a lot of my success came from alternate day fasting, Um, especially over the summer, I did alternate day fasting a lot and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And with the alternate day fasting, were you doing that 500 calorie or were you just fasting one day off and one day up? I I wanted to try both. So um, my first theory was a lot of my influencers, um, you know, had said that it might be just easier to fast straight through and not have to have any insulin spike at all. And that made sense to me. So I did try it that way first. 
Um, but one time, actually, I was with some friends, some work colleagues, and everybody wanted to have lunch. And I was going to fast that day, but we went to a place and they had this perfect poke bowl for about 500 calories. I'm like, well, this is my moment to eat with my friends and try a modified down day. And I found out that that worked quite well for me as well. So I do a little bit of both. It just depends on what's happening in my day and what I can make work in my day. Yeah. Yeah. I still struggled to understand a 500 calorie day when people say they do 42 hour fast. And the moment you have a 500 calorie meal, of course, that breaks the fast. So and technically you're doing two 21 hour fast if you like. And I think that if I did ADF, I'd probably have to do it that way. One down, one day up, one day down, because I feel like if I had 500 calories, I'd feel like I want to keep eating, if you know what I mean. So let's think about 90 pounds for a minute. I mean, that's a lot of weight. I know what that's like to lose that amount of weight inside a year, right? What has that done for Erica? How has that changed the world? It's changed. It's changed so much, Graham. Like it's it's hard to explain how it changes you um, for good and for, for different, right? So I, I actually really was inspired by your book because- um, in a lot of ways, um, I also should share, like I said, I've been um, plus size my entire life. So I had never have been this weight before as an adult. My lowest weight in high school was about 188 pounds whenever I was playing high school basketball. So this body is brand new to me. I'm still learning like what it can do and who this person is, but I feel really confident and I feel excited um, about my health journey. Um, for the first time in my life, I'm excited about getting my blood work done this year and seeing what changes that I've produced over the last year. Um, I feel healthy and great. Um, but then there's this also this other side that um, it you know, lots of things have came out that I didn't realize had affected me before. You know, um, things from childhood bullying or the way certain things made me feel um, or even just stating to people that I'm not eating my lunch today was a big thing sometimes, you know, to say out loud and have the confidence to do it and follow through. Um, Cause I've always been a, a food person and people realize that and I've always loved eating. So to have enough confidence to say no, thank you for any other reason that I just don't want to right now um, was really an emotional journey as well. Yeah. And I think those three words, no, thank you, are the most powerful words we have in this lifestyle. You know, people often bow to peer pressure and that sort of thing. And, you know, people egg you on and say, eat this, eat this, or drink that, drink that. But when you learn to say no, thank you, and they become very powerful, don't they, Erica? It really does. And peer pressure still gets me once in a while. Um, I have caught myself, for example, some of my biggest critics like, oh, are you eating healthy? I, I'll eat a little more around them or just to prove to them that I can and I'm taking good care of myself. So I'm like, oh, that is something really psychological as well to deal with, you know? So, um, but no, thank you is such a powerful word and it can, it's so hard sometimes for people to say no. So I feel like I've found my power. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. So you're eating one day. Let's just dial back into that for a minute because I know people want to know out there. When you first started, were you delaying anything? Were you eating all the things or had you worked out what was your trigger foods and were you trying to get rid of them? Um, well, I started eating just about everything because um, like I said, I'm a food person. I enjoy all of the food. I've always enjoyed healthy food. So I do think I made some changes right away. I stopped eating as much processed food, just like on any other 
Um, I'm doing quotation marks diet that I've been on. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to eat dessert. I'm not going to go out for burgers right now. Um, but I found that sometimes those things still came into my life and I was able to work around them. So I would consider myself uh, a clean-ish eater. Like I try to eat a really good uh, balance of vegetables and protein. Um, I would also consider myself carb particular. Um, I do still eat carbs, but I just try to be more particular or choosy about what's worthy in my window now. Yeah. The words vigilance without obsession come to mind when you're talking. I think we get that message. If we eat foods that love us back, it's so much easier. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, I haven't lost any weight. And when you delve into it, you say, well, what have you changed in terms of what you're eating compared to what you did before when you're overweight or obese? Because intermittent fasting isn't a magic cure to cure poor diets and poor nutrition, as we know. And I found that the more I ate foods that made me feel my greatest, the wheel turned and everything started to change for me. And so over the last year, have you found that you're sort of gravitating, even though you've had a fairly healthy sort of eating pattern, that you find yourself gravitating towards that high quality food more and more? Absolutely. Yes. Um, one thing I did that I never expected I would do was to quit drinking artificial sweeteners or using artificial sweeteners. I, I don't think I've had any in almost 11 months. It just doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather not have it, for example. Um, and I, I have this little thing um, where I read an influencer about eating for the rainbow. So another thing I love to do too is just try to find all kinds of foods that are different colors or from different cultures. And I will even spend a little bit more money on the right things if they're uh, worth it. So occasionally, like I said, I'll splurge on the organic instead of the regular if it's just a small price difference because it's worth it. Yeah, I think that worth it is worthy, worth it. Really great words, aren't they? And people often yes. say to me, oh, Graham, you must have saved a fortune doing intermittent fasting. I say, no, not really, because I seek high quality food and high quality food costs more money than poor quality food. Let's face it. You can go through the drive-thru and go to the dollar board and get a really cheap, nasty meal, right? But if you want a lovely steak, it's going to cost you 20 bucks or more. And so that's the difference between high quality food. I know everybody out there is, isn't going that well financially. But you can find alternatives. You can grow a lot of your own food too. So there's always an option, isn't there, Erica? There is. I'm really lucky too to live near like a local farmer's market. And I try to frequent that whenever it's in season um, and try to buy fresh and local things when possible. And I also mentioned too that I travel for work. And that's also a benefit I have. Sometimes I have overnight stays and dinners and it's part of, you know, my budget to buy dinner. So I actually have made it a little bit of a, a game to find the healthiest restaurant around or something with some like really different or nourishing that I wouldn't normally splurge on, if you will, at home. So those are the times whenever I get to order the, the filet and the fancy vegetables um, or try the new kimchi or the, the the probiotic I've been wanting to try. So I use my travel time sometimes to experiment with food. And travel's so much easier, right? 90 pounds down. I know what that's like sitting in an aircraft seat, putting on that belt. What sort of feeling was that for you when you lost that amount of weight? It It's amazing. Um, actually, I made that post whenever I was at the airport because I was feeling so relieved um, I had just been on a business trip and last year when I went on the same business trip, I felt so uncomfortable. And I remember watching the people come down the aisle, just hoping that a little person would get sat next, sat next to me. And 
I never needed a seatbelt extender, but I felt uncomfortable and like I was getting close, if that makes sense. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like nothing. I don't care who sits next to me and my stomach doesn't touch the sides anymore and I have room to breathe and um, the anxiety is just completely gone. It's it's a so much more enjoyable experience. Yeah, my favorite in NSV actually. I remember the first time I sat down, I've talked about it before, put the belt on and I just had tears running down my face and everybody was probably looking at me thinking, wow, this guy must have left behind someone he really loves, which I probably did at the time if I wasn't with my wife. But, you know, I just felt so exhilarated, the fact that I was so comfortable in my seat, my put on the belt, I had a lot of belt hanging out and it was just so great. And I know that feeling for people, like I know when I was morbidly obese and I'm six foot five, so I'd come down the aisle I could see people, they were terrified, right? They were thinking, oh my God, this guy's going to sit next to me. I could see it starting in a departure lounge. People would be scoping me out and thinking, oh, please God, please don't let that bloke sit next to me. And I think traveling and just moving around airports and dragging suitcases and everything, and if you're doing it for work, it's just so much easier. And then when you're staying in the hotels and you can make those healthy choices like you're doing now, the wheel starts turning again. I know a lot of people travel for work or they're driving for work. They stop at service stations, they eat poor quality food, and it adds up over time on their waistline. And, you know, that's we can make choices. That's what you're trying to get across here. Absolutely. You can make choices. And, um, yeah, I, I would have been afraid to sit next to you, too, as a big person in the airport. You know, it's a scary situation to be in. But, yes, it, there are there are healthy choices out there. And I used to feel that um, one thing I always try to remember is, and that's affected me, is not eating for future hunger. So I remember just being so nervous about getting hungry. I would just eat anything to make sure that I didn't get hungry. And now that I've changed and hunger isn't an emergency anymore, I'm able to make good choices. I feel empowered. So instead of choosing the bad thing out of desperation, I can choose nothing if I need to, and it feels okay. Yeah, I agree with you. If it's not worthy, wait till you find something that is worthy. Simple as that. Now, let's just go back on NSVs, the non-scale victories we talk about. You mentioned you had things like plantar fasciitis and a couple of other things going on. Just talk about the non-scale victories and some of the health benefits that you may have seen aside from the weight loss in the last sort of you know, year. There's been a lot of those too. I'm still counting them up. So um, yes, yeah, so I was feeling very old because I had I was developing plantar's fasciitis, which is really painful in your foot and it makes you like limp, especially in the mornings. And so every morning I was limping around and I was feeling really old. Um, and then I've always been somebody who snores, uh, but it was getting progressively worse to the point where it was even causing some problems. Like I was waking my husband up. I was disrupting his sleep. So I had reached a point where I got a uh, sleep test and I had sleep apnea. So I was using uh, a CPAP machine. Um, and through fasting, those two especially, my planner's fasciitis is like gone. Um, I hardly have any trouble. Um, once in a while, I'll get a little bit sore, but I could do my stretches and I don't have any problems at all. And I'm no longer using the CPAP machine and my doctors ordered another sleep order because we both feel like I don't need it. My husband reports I'm not snoring like I used to. And I feel so much better. I was getting like excessive daytime sleepiness and I was tired all the time. And I'd even sit up in bed and fall back asleep. And I'm not doing any of those things now, even without the use of my CPAP. Um, a few other things, I mean, just 
a little bit gross, but personal, but I had some toenail fungus. It's almost gone now. My podiatrist was in shock and uh, he started doing it as well, intermittent fasting, just from seeing that result. So that was exciting. Um, I have a couple skin tags I feel like are getting smaller. I'm a, I think they'll disappear any day and a couple moles as well that I'm excited that are shrinking that I've been keeping an eye out, but now I feel comfortable that they're not getting worse, that they're probably getting better. Well, I hear this over and over again. So it can't be coincidental, can it, when the same, you know, so many people are talking about these NSVs, Erica? No, it's amazing. And I'm so glad your psoriasis cleared up. I have so many friends affected by it. I know that it's painful. And if it could help anybody just by fasting, uh, I think that that is really something worth sharing. Absolutely. Um, the NSVs are crazy. Uh even friends that I've been talking to that just recently started, they're telling me they're having less back pain or um, just the inflammation and less stomach pain. Um, my husband suffers from heartburn sometimes, and he has just recently started fasting. I'm really excited about it. Uh, he does some longer fast, but he's already stopped taking um, his nighttime medicine to help with his heartburn. Um, so, and he's drinking a lot less soda. So it just helps everything it's amazing yeah how does that make you feel that your husband started he's obviously seen your results at 90 pounds in just under a year and trust me he's noticed and so he's now took it on board and that support networks that we talk about from your family your friends have you had any kickback about the lifestyle or has everything been pretty smooth sailing for you well, I'm really lucky to have a supportive family. Like I said, my husband just started in November or so. Um, and he, I felt like he was a natural faster anyway. I used to yell at him all the time to eat, you know, like you got to eat or your metabolism will shut down. So he is thrilled. He's like, I've always wanted to eat less. So that is awesome. Um, all of my friends and my family have been really supportive. I've had a couple incidences where people have been like, have said things like, you know, don't lose another pound. You're perfect the way you are. Or a few people have asked if I'm sick, but it's so rare. And the majority of people say, comment on how healthy I look and how vibrant my skin is. And those things are so rare. And it seems like it's the people who've known me as a big person my entire life. It's just odd to see such a difference for some people. Yeah. And some people have no filter and they just say things yeah. like that. But they just don't understand a lot of it. And I think is jealousy from some people as well. They see you've had such magnificent results and what we call a tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. They tried to knock you down and that sort of thing, but it's important to, for us to do us for us. And that's what we do. And, you know, that's why we do this lifestyle, but I mean, 90 pounds, it must've given you so much more confidence working in the health and beauty industry as well, where you've seen all these beautiful people and, you know, you now must have so much more confidence. I guess you were a pretty confident person before, but has that changed for you as well? Absolutely, yes. I feel like I was a confident person, but I was kind of um, considered myself big but funny, if you will. So um, now, I, although I still feel that I'm a funny person, I see myself um, as a healthy person. I don't think I saw myself as a healthy person necessarily before. Um, so in my job, like I said, right now, sometimes I, I travel to salons and I do these fun meetings or if a new salon opens, I get to attend the grand opening. Um, and I have all these pictures of me before and I was, I just was big and I was tired and now I'm, I'm dressing better and I'm dancing more and I'm celebrating larger than I ever have. 
Um, and I think a lot of it's because I'm not as afraid to be seen. So although I was confident in my 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 professional skills and my training skills, I didn't feel like I was living the healthiest lifestyle or being the best role model to the people I was influencing in my life. Yeah, and that's important to realize. Um, you strike me as a very bright and bubbly person, and I'm picking that you were that before when you were heavier. Was there anything you missed about you know life doing intermittent fasting? Um, I feel you too, Graham. Yes, I'm, I'm a social person. I love to have lunch with my friends and go out to dinners and uh, whenever you told your story about going to the wedding and eating for several days and feeling sick, I could totally relate to that. I've planned on being sick after a vacation or a wedding because, you know, I was excited about the food. Um, so I definitely get that. But for my first few months, it was a little weird to balance. Almost everybody, I just led with, this is what I'm doing. Um, almost everybody was very, very accepting. And some people were like, I like to skip lunch too. So yes, that's great. Or I'll just pack my lunch. So you do you. Um, but there were a couple times with some of my closest colleagues, they said a few things like, you know, skinny Erica isn't as much fun as big Erica because she doesn't go to lunch with us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So um, when I visit them, I uh, the first time I visit these folks, maybe every six months, and I said, maybe we could just pick one day this week to have lunch when I see you. And um, maybe this time I'm feeling a little more confident and I'll be like, let's pick two days. And that's OK. I've realized I don't have to be as strict. But for that first year, I had just I just needed to delay um, a lot, you know, not a lot, but I had to make exceptions when exceptions were necessary but yes once in a while people would say skinny erica is more fun than big erica because you know i like to stay up late and eat pizza and um i'm still a lot of fun just without the pizza funny enough you should say that i used to have people saying that to me too we miss big graham we don't like skinny graham being big graham was more fun but i used to say to them big graham might stay around a bit longer and you know we might be friends for a lot longer that I'm healthy now. Have you had people join you in this journey apart from your husband um, that have seen your results, Erica? A few, yes. Um, I have had a few people reach out to me um, through my Facebook post. People had started noticing that I was losing weight and a few people started reaching out to me asking how. And then um, in November, I made a post on Facebook sharing what I was doing. So a few friends have reached out to me, said that they've started. Um, one girlfriend just told me that she's lost like 17 pounds. She's been doing it since um, right after Christmas or right before Christmas. So um, they've been touching base with me. Um, my podiatrist started doing it as well. My husband, um, even my mom has said that she's not fasting consistently every day, but has done a few fasts here and there. And she's starting to see changes in her body and the way that it's shaped. So I feel I want people to know that I'm here and I'm a resource if they have questions or just want to talk about it or if they're having a hard day. Um, I want to help on that mission to get people to fast if they're willing to try it. Yeah, that's that passion and you coming out that you want to share this and almost the same. And you feel like you want to shout it from the rooftops, right? And it's really difficult just to walk around the streets and we see obese people at shopping centers and that sort of thing to go up to them and say, hey, I can help you. And my heart's screaming on the inside because I know I can help them. But for a fit, healthy looking guy to go up to somebody that's obese or morbidly obese and say, hey, if you want me to help you lose weight, I can do this by telling you about intermittent fasting. Well, one, you might get punched out. 
two, they're going to get very offended. So it's very hard to do it. You have to be very gentle in the way you do things. And I think leading by example, even if it's for just for that circle around you that see you, then you're doing something great because what's going to happen is they're going to take it up and then it's going to become perpetual. It's like a snowball effect, right? Next thing you have two or 300 people in your circle. And I think that you're so passionate about this. I'd love to see you document this journey at some point in terms of however you do that, whether it be a book or a podcast like this or whatever it may be. But the more people that we have sharing this lifestyle, the better, Erica. I agree. I I would love to do some things like that. It's it's just finding the balance. Like you said, I want to help my friends. And every time they tell me they're having a problem and I just look at them and say, try fasting. It's it's the only answer I have right now, but I'm telling you it could work. It's worth a shot. So uh, when in doubt, I think that it's it could be the answer to so many issues that my friends and my family are having. And I just want to spread the word without being obnoxious. So I did start a little Instagram and that's where I post a lot of my pictures and where I post, you know, the food that I'm eating whenever I remember. So that way people there are at least choosing to follow me. I'm not bombarding them, but they do have a yeah. space to come. What's your uh, Instagram handle, Erica? It's called Fasting is Free. Fasting is Free with Erica. Okay, fasting. no worries. Yeah, people want to check that out or they can find Erica in the Fasting Highway Facebook group. Amazing post the other day and really inspired a lot of people by that. And I think that's what happens that when we share our success with people and we talk about it, then it's helpful, you know. And you mentioned then that you were excited about your blood work. Have you told your doctor in the last year about how you've been going or you haven't seen them? So um, I started fasting in March and I went to see my doctor in late May. So a little bit after my 43rd birthday. So I finally did. I felt like I was hesitating on seeing my doctor. I knew I was because I knew my cholesterol was high. And I was hesitating for all the wrong reasons, right? So um, I wanted to go with my doctor, though, with them knowing that I was aware of it and had a plan so we could talk about it. So by time I had seen my doctor in May, I had already lost 25 pounds in just a few months. So my cholesterol was about 220 whenever I had it checked in May, but they agreed that with me fasting and I have never felt so confident to say like, I have a plan here and it's, this is going to work. Uh, I just knew it in my heart. They just gave me an order like, just go within the next year, get your blood work done, and then we'll see you in a year. So no medications were required. They agreed that I was on the right track, and I've stayed the course for the first time, and I feel so confident and excited that I was able to do that without hesitation. Yeah. I mean, their first go-to is the statins, isn't it? You know, and if we yeah, can keep I, away from that. Have they been trying to pressure to take those over the years? Not too much, but I, I want to share that my father, he had a heart attack in his early 40s. So I was the same age as my father whenever he had a heart attack. And um, I've seen him kind of yo-yo diet throughout his life and he manages it in his own way. But I didn't, I knew that it was coming or that I really, even if my doctor was letting me make the choice, I knew I had to choose soon. It was time to like get it together or choose to take a medication so I don't have to suffer from a heart attack or something like that. So I knew in my heart it was time to choose. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened to your father, but you know, 90 pounds, obviously, as I talked about before, it opens up the door to so many things. Are there things now that you're looking ahead to do and that you're sort of thinking that you may have been challenged to do it before, that much weight on your body, you know, some exciting things in, in store for you? 
Oh yeah, I'm super excited. Um, well, here in Pennsylvania, where I live, it's winter. So I've seen like this little plateau this winter. I, I just made it through my first holiday season, which is totally exciting um, and feel really good about it. But I really am excited now that I've dropped some weight to maybe gain some muscle. So um, I'm looking forward to just a lot of the exercises I do is just through my daily activities, uh, cleaning the house, walking my dogs. And those are my favorite things. But uh, I want to start just, like I said, building a little bit of muscle, um, maybe doing a little bit of weightlifting or toning some because I've never really had that opportunity. Um, even like I said, non-scale victories, I've never really um, been excited about wearing tank tops, but I'm excited about doing that this summer. For the first time, I'm excited about shopping for a bathing suit. Um, so yeah, those are all kind of big things in my book. Yeah, absolutely. But some people don't really get that. But the clothes thing is huge, I think. You know, for a person that gets 90 pounds off their body, you can go into any boutique you like now, any lady's shopping place, and grab whatever clothes you want. And I always used to say, obesity chose my clothing, and now I do. And that's how I feel about it. Like, I never, ever have that fear of going into a shop where I want a shirt or you know, I want some pants or whatever. And sometimes I don't even buy them. I just go in to try them on because it's fun, right? Absolutely. That's been actually a lot of fun. Um, before I was a size 16 and I was pushing into probably an 18, I should have gone up a size, but I was very resistant to do that. And it's really hard to find things in the size that are flattering or the right prices. Often it's expensive, you know, to buy plus size clothing that fits right. So that's actually been something kind of new to me. Um, for the first time ever, my family's been not, I, my family's been saying things like, go buy some clothes. And I, I've been saying, but I'm not there yet. I'm not ready yet. So I knew I had to because my clothes were looking pretty sloppy. But I, I went to Goodwill and I had tons of options. And I bought a pair, two pairs of size eight jeans. Like I was in shock. I can't believe I have size eight jeans and I have medium and large t-shirts. And um, I've had some friends gift me some things, some nice clothes for work that they weren't able to wear anymore. But I'm actually really excited to start shopping for new spring clothes because I really don't have anything to wear when spring comes around. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be for sure. And it's really weird, isn't it? When you get down to those smaller sizes and you go, how did I get here? I mean, you know, you talked about getting used to the UU and I, I found that a bit of a challenge to be truthful. Once I got the maintenance, I had 132 pounds off my body. And I had that almost like an identity crisis for a while of just trying to settle in and get used to the you image. Like, you know how you walk past a shop and you look in the mirror and or in the plate glass window and you see the reflection and you just go, wow, what has happened here? Absolutely. Even, like even in my pictures, um, I've caught myself in the background like, who's that? I'm like, oh, that's me. Someone took a picture. I'm in the background because I don't recognize that body. Uh, sometimes. So it's a lot of fun, but even things like tucking in my shirt, I know that sounds so weird, but I've been like tucking in my shirt and I bought three belts because I wanted to show off belts and I've never done that before. In fact, I was classically like a jeans and a black t-shirt kind of girl my entire life. And now I find myself picking up more colorful items and uh, sweaters with stripes, uh, just things I would have never even looked at before are now on my radar. And it's really opened up even Goodwill shopping. Like I said, things I would have never even tried on before I'm trying on. It's been so fun. 
Yeah, you touched on exercise there a minute ago about just general housework and doing your daily stuff and walking the dog and that sort of thing. And now you're looking at doing a bit of strength training, which I think is really important when you get weight off your body is to look at getting stronger because we need strong bones for our older age, don't we? Absolutely. Um, everything I hear from the influencers I listen to say that women uh, need to be strong and I'm not uh, pre-menopausal yet, but I know that it's coming for me one day and I want to enter that phase of my life strong and graceful and ready to, to tackle those types of things. So, um, and I, I realized too, that the people I admire most and the physiques I admire the most, I often say the word strong. So, um, one thing I've noticed through losing weight, uh, I've always felt I was built like my father's side, like a strong, broad woman, but, um, I'm actually seeing some of my mother's side as well. And mostly the people I've described as being strong. Um, and I really appreciate that. I think it's, one of the most important things, if I was to describe my body, it needs to be strong. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent longevity, everything else, just health in general, strong bones, because we don't want to be falling over and breaking hips and things like that. You know, when we're in our sixties and seventies, we want to make sure that we're strong. So yeah, that's a, a good piece of advice here, Erica. So, you know, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now, Erica, but you've been so inspiring and, you know, just for people out there listening and they're saying, you know, 90 pounds in a year. Wow. You know, you did this all by intermittent fasting and a bit of exercise and that sort of thing. And But mindset is a big part of it, isn't it? Absolutely. Mindset is huge. So that's the first thing that you have to change is your mindset. Um, with my work, too, we talk about mindset a lot. So I feel like I, I was focusing on a mindset on how can I, how can I, influence others and how can I take care of myself? And um, I want to be strong for my peers and a good example, but also having a mindset that you can do hard things and that just because you've always done something one way doesn't mean you can't try something new um, or even just having a mindset of strength, uh, overcoming hard things. I, I just think mindset, it plays into everything for sure. Yeah. You have to choose your happiness. It is. I mean, intermittent fasting itself is a fairly simple process, right? I mean, you're fasting in a period of time, you're eating in a period of time. That's the nuts and bolts of it, right? And so when you're fasting, you're clean fasting. And in your eating window, as I say, I eat what makes me feel my greatest, not what my mind wants. I add a bit of exercise. I do it daily. And that's about it. So for me, I like to try and keep it as simple as possible. I'm, I'm a simple guy. I don't like to overcomplicate things, right? And so I don't need to sort of uh, mess around with it too much, even though I think that I probably need to sort of try a couple of different things just to see what it's like, okay? But yeah, I think that's the most important message I can give to people is just keep it simple. Actually, that's one of the reasons I chose to try intermittent fasting because I'm a keep it simple kind of person. So many people uh, say that they're rule followers and they love tracking everything and um, that's just not me. I am a spontaneous, adventurous person. Um, if somebody wants to turn right instead of left, I want to come along for the ride. So intermittent fasting really gave me the tools to be able to do that. Um, so I don't plan my week. I, I have a general idea, like I'm going to attempt to have two or three down days this week, or these are some of the goals I have. 
but I'm able to flex in any direction that makes sense and never feel guilty or shame or anything about it. And that's exactly what I needed in my life. Um, I've done programs before where I had to track every bite in, uh, or do timelines, but it really is just whatever works in my day works in my day. I have this tool and now I could just choose to fill those hours I eat with healthy, nutritious things. Or sometimes you pick things that feed your soul as well. Sometimes you need the piece of chocolate or whatnot, but I've learned that I could still do those things and feel nourished and complete. Yeah. And that's when we come back to vigilance without obsession, right? We're not here to be obsessed about it. We're not in boot camp. We're living a lifestyle, you know, and life happens, life events happen and that sort of thing. You know, stresses get in the way. And one thing that we can control is our fasting. And I think whatever stresses we got in our life going on, then if we can control the one thing that we can control, our daily fast, I think we've got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just fast on, even if it's not the perfect window or the perfect fast, it's still a fast and it's still a window and it's still meaningful. Um, and like I said, I enjoy every one of them for different reasons. Even if it's just because I learned something that my body doesn't like something or that my uh, that I don't want to eat that thing again. It doesn't make me feel well. Uh, every fast is important. Yeah, I agree with that. It is, you know, and make it count. And I always say, say to myself, well, I want to honor my uh, fast by, you know, having a healthy eating window. And that's a daily thing for me. And I think when you get into that mindset, because I don't want to fast all day, Erica, and then undo it all in the eating window. That makes no sense to me. Like, you know, if I'm going to bother to fast all day, 20 hours, 22 hours, 23 hours, then I'm going to make sure that that eating window is going to be as worthy as I can make it. And I'm going to eat foods that love me back because I don't hang around with toxic people. So why do I want to hang around with toxic food? That's the mindset that I have. And that's how I look at it. And I think when you can really change your mindset, then anything can happen. I agree. Yes. Get rid of the toxic foods and just like the toxic people, that is a great analogy for sure. Yes. I, if you do fat and I enjoy the fast too, I really do. Sometimes I crave it. I'm like, I just can't wait to be empty and have this digestive rest for a while and not think about food. But then my mindset is whenever I do eat, I want to make sure that my body loves every bit of it. Right. So um, yeah, I work really hard to fill it with healthy foods and and I love it. It's easier to pass up things that just don't fit into what my body needs. Yeah, I agree. And I know people at fast, they don't need to lose any weight, but they just find that they sleep better. And you mentioned you're not doing the snoring as much or your husband's telling you that. And, you know, you're feeling more restful when you wake up. And I think intermittent fasting for me certainly makes me feel clean winded when I go to bed at night rather than sort of overloaded with food. I don't know if you remember prior to intermittent fasting, but I would go to bed and I'd be so full of food because I'd been eating all day. I was really restless. I'd roll around all night. I just wasn't getting peaceful rest. I was snoring my head off. I was driving my wife mad. And now I <laughs> sleep peacefully. It's so great. Yep. I remember getting this pain in my left side all the time. And every time I would, I knew why I was like, you overate again, you overate again. But I just kept doing it because I didn't know what else to do. Or I just kept, I didn't have that satiety signal. I just wanted to be full. Um, and I, I haven't had that feeling in 11 months. Uh, it's like, I found the solution to me laying around in bed, feeling sick and full doesn't happen anymore. And it's such, it's such a weird mindset to think 
before I used to wake up and immediately eat, you know, because uh, I felt like I couldn't even make it downstairs to get coffee without, you know, a snack because I was just so weak to have a changing the mindset. Like, no, I'm going to keep my insulin low and I'm going to pick things that are great for my body. And now I know how. Yeah. I think intermittent fasting is so foreign to what we've been taught our whole lives, isn't it? I can still hear my mother's voice saying, Graham, get out of bed. You've got to have breakfast. You can't go to work without breakfast. You know, you won't have the strength to work. You'll faint or something. I can still hear her saying that, you know, and having this massive breakfast laid out on the table every morning before I'd go to work because that's what my mum knew, right? That's what she was taught, that you have to have this big breakfast before you go off to a physical job. And we know now that that's not true. And, uh, you know, the human body doesn't need as much food to get through our day. What we do need is good food and good nutrition, I think, Erica. I agree. And I didn't understand that completely before, for sure, um, that it's quality over quantity, for sure. Because before I thought it was more quantity. Um, I would fill up on, you know, cheap things like pasta and rice and bread because they were cheap and filling. And now I could skip all of those things for the right nutrients, for sure. And I, I won't lie. I was like your mother and I was raised like your mother, you know, uh, we ate all, all day, little snacks to keep our metabolism going. And I remember yelling at my husband and my daughter saying, you have to eat breakfast. This is no good. You need brain fuel. And, uh, if I could go back, I would have totally never said any of those things. And I would have let them choose. So they said I was a bit of a food pusher and I had a little bit of food control issues because I would even want them to eat at a certain time. So that way they'd be hungry for the next meal on time. If that makes sense. Like if you don't eat by noon, you won't be hungry by five for dinner. And now my mindset is that they're not going to starve and it's going to be okay. <laughs> no matter what. When you first started fasting, did you have any sort of, you know, moments where hunger was a problem for you or you found that fairly easy to get through that sort of hunger feeling? I know in the early stages, I had a little bit of trouble with that. Definitely in the first week or two, I, I was very nervous and I do tell this story sometimes, but I actually chose to start fasting while I was traveling. So that way, if in case I was too grumpy, I knew that I would be, if I was at home, I would be nasty to my husband, but I would never be nasty to somebody at work if I was hangry. So <laughs> I decided to, to start fasting while I was traveling. And um, I remember I was, I had told myself I wanted to make it till noon and I hadn't eaten since eight. So I wanted to reach 16 hours and make it till noon. And um, I drove up to this salon and all that was there were two fast food restaurants. One was a McDonald's and I was like, oh no. And I pulled in and they didn't have any grilled chicken sandwiches. And I like freaked out. And then I drove over to Burger King and they didn't have grilled chicken sandwiches either. And I ordered a Whopper and I just cried in the parking lot. And I was like, why am I crying? I, it didn't, I didn't make a deal about what I was going to eat. I made a deal about when I was going to eat. And today my only choice was a Whopper and that's okay. I just remember being so hungry that I didn't feel like I had any other choice. But then slowly I realized it was just a Whopper and it was okay and I moved forward. And then within a week or two, it became easy and I was making it to 17 hours, 18 hours by accident. And now most days on a normal day, I fast for 20 to 21 hours. I, I like in a restaurant style eating, like with an appetizer, a meal, maybe some yogurt or something for dessert. So that is what I do most often. But like I said, I throw other things in there because I want to be able to do everything. Yeah. Flexibility is key. I mean, maintenance 
I find you've got to be flexible. But I also found that, you know, when I hit maintenance and after a year or two in maintenance, I became much more intuitive. Like I never used an app at all. Even when I lost the weight, I didn't really look at the clock. I just knew it was five o'clock and sometime after that, that I'd eat. I'd eat in a period of time till I was satisfied and full, not stuffed, not stopped, and I'd start again the next day, right? So yeah, sometimes we just, you know, it for me, that was the simple thing with OMAD, like the same as you, do the restaurant style, have that entree or starter as you call it, and then I'd wait for the main and that sort of thing. And I, I think if you get that feeling of real hunger when you first start, it's important when you open your window to maybe have something higher in fat, and then just to take that pause for a bit before you carry on just to slow you down so you don't have that feeling like you want to eat your arm off, so to speak. Absolutely. And now I have more tools, uh, you know, in my toolbox. So when I'm traveling, I actually keep a little travel bowl with me and I will pick up things like avocado and kimchi, or I really like enjoy a little salad and I can just pour it right into that bowl and have it as a starter. If I feel like I need to eat sooner than my dinner event is going to take place or something, but even now, to be honest, I, I don't really need to do that. I'm able to wait until whatever time I need to wait till. But in the beginning, I guess I would recommend having healthy starters in case you feel like you need to um, start a little before your family or something. You have a healthy option. Yeah. And maintenance, obviously, is something you might have been thinking about after losing that amount of weight. And, you know, you're not far away from that point. Is that something you've been thinking about and how you might handle that? Because for me, it was a very different mindset, right? And I knew I had to find something that was more flexible than the weight loss phase and maintenance to make it sustainable that I could do for life. And it was easy for me to do and it didn't become a chore. So is maintenance something you've been thinking about? It's definitely something I've been thinking about, but I'm so glad we're talking now because I do think it's coming up on my next adventure, you know, so something we're going to be able to follow up again about in the future. Um, because I have technically hit my goal weight. Whenever I entered it into an app, I wanted to reach 160 pounds and I did that. Um, but I still I still see a little couple little things and I don't know if they're necessarily related to pounds or toning or um my body changing or what. So I'm ex I don't know what my goal weight will be. So I'm focused on my goal body. Um, but I also understand that muscle weighs more than fat and I'd like to tone and weigh some. And, and so I plan on trying to build some muscle, focusing on tightening up some of the areas that I would like to tighten up and then see where my goal is. Yes. But I feel I feel pretty confident that I have the tools to experiment, or even if I decided, let's say, to add two meals a day for a couple of days and gained a couple pounds, I know that I could immediately just change things up, tweak it a little bit, and have a have the results back that I had just achieved. If yeah, that makes sense. Have you gone on any vacations in the last year, and how have you handled that? Actually, no, I haven't been on very many vacations. Uh, we just were selling a house. We've been doing a whole bunch of stuff. So I haven't had that experience yet either. I've I've gone through the holidays and I've been through some good parties and events, but not any vacations yet. I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah, for sure. So the holiday season, your first one last year through that Christmas period, how did that go for you? It went awesome. Like Christmas is always the time whenever I like just know I'm going to gain weight over the holidays because there's just events and I I love to eat and I'm a sucker for desserts. Um, but this holiday, 
I am happy to say I maintained. In fact, I lost a couple pounds, not many, uh, more maintenance than losing, but I enjoyed every single event. My brother holds a big brunch every year and I tried and I ate all of the things I wanted to eat. I didn't feel deprived once. Um, and I was just so excited to have a plan to make it through. Um, when before I just would have eaten and hoped for the best and tried to handle it and when the new year came. Yeah, I think the mindset around maintenance, Erica, is is to have a goal range rather than a goal weight, right? Because when you have a goal weight, you say to yourself, I want to be 170, for example, whatever it may be. And then you're not 170, your sort of mind can sort of do tricks on you. But where you say you have that goal range, 170 to 175 or whatever the case may be, I found that having a goal range and maintenance has made it much more flexible for me. I don't get too wound up about it. I stand on the scales. If I'm in that goal range, that's okay. If I'm up the high end of that range, and I'll, I'll wind things back in a bit. And if I'm down the bottom end of that range, I'll broaden things out. So for me, it's like a recalibration, if you like, in maintenance. But I think it's important to have a goal range for people rather than sort of have a goal set number. I agree. And if nothing else, I've learned that my body does fluctuate. I have literally gained and lost four pounds overnight. And I couldn't even tell you why. I, I've been like, I didn't, there's no way I even had four pounds worth of food. So how do I weigh four pounds more? But the body is just so weird. So yes, I absolutely feel comfortable that I can be in a range. I just don't know what that range is quite yet. I'm thinking I am close. I'd like to see the 150s and see how it feels. But like I said, once I gain that muscle, I feel like I'm confident in knowing that my body will have the right range. Probably, um, probably about six to eight pounds, I would imagine, is what I see often coming very quickly off and on. Yeah, I think so. What about weighing? Are you a daily weigher or you don't weigh? I, this comes with my personality too. So uh, I was daily weighing for a long time. And then I got in the habit of only weighing after my down days because I was having trouble seeing that big fluctuation on the scale. I got a little bit of diet brain. So someone had recommend only weighing after down days for a while. And then just recently I started weighing every day again, just because I've been in this little bit of a, of a plateau and I just wanted a little bit of accountability over the holidays. So it's something um, I need to either commit to or not. I, I would like to be a non-weigher one day, to be honest. I think that once I find my, my goal body and my honesty pants and all of the things I hope to not need a scale anymore. But yes, I do weigh almost every day right now. As I said before, I can't tell you how motivating and inspiring your story is. But if you're sitting around there in a coffee shop with some friends and family and they're saying, wow, Erica, 90 pounds in a year. Hey, tell us how to get going with this. Well, I always tell my friends, I, I recommend reading Fast Feast Repeat by Jen Stevens. That's the number one book I recommend because um, I really like Jen because she's so easy to understand and down to earth and just makes it very clear and easy to understand. So um, that's where I ask people to start. And I actually won't talk to people. I'll give them the basics, but if they have a lot of questions, I will say just so we're on the same page. Before we talk more, I'd appreciate if you would read this book. So that's what I do try to ask my friends to do. Um, but if I was recommending it to a friend just quickly, if they said, give me the highlights, I'd be like, start with the clean fast, set small goals and give yourself grace because um, it's the easiest thing I've ever done that sounds hard, 
I know it sounds hard, but it, it, once your body adjusts, it's the easiest thing you can do for, and the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Get some information and then come back to me and we'll talk about it and maybe work something out. But I can see you doing great things in the future, Erica, with this lifestyle. I'm really looking forward to chatting you again in six or 12 months time to see where you're at. But thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. Thanks so much, Graham. It's been a lot of fun. Sure has, Erica. I look forward to seeing you soon. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. What a wonderful journey you've had so far. Losing some 90 pounds in 10 months is no mean feat. And thank you for sharing your wonderful story with us. I cannot wait to come back to you in 6 or 12 months to see where you are. And I think you're amazing. Thank you also for sharing those insights around your intermittent fasting lifestyle. Okay, folks, uh, as heard earlier, this podcast is now brought to you by our Patreon members community. I uh, we'll hope you'll come and join us there. What do you get back? Well, you get a lot. There's a couple of Zoom meetings a month hosted by myself. Uh, you can come and talk to other experienced uh, members in the Patreon community uh, from beginners, those on the journey, and those that have been fasting for quite some time, all sharing experiences in those Zoom meetings. There's a lot of bonus content in there, bonus podcasts, five-minute discussion topics, Tales of Transformation podcasts with other people that haven't been seen in the mainstream. There's a lot of things that you can come and get help for with your intermittent fasting lifestyle journey, including audio series on things like breaking free from sugar, living an IF lifestyle around the holidays, and much, much more. Okay, folks, if you want to join us, uh, see the link there in the show notes at www.patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway. I cannot stress enough for those of you that are seeking a little bit of extra support and a little bit of extra accountability, 5 or $10 a month, certainly is a great investment in your health for the Patreon community. Okay, folks, uh, also, if you are interested in my own story, uh, you will find that in my book, The Fasting Highway. Uh, you can get that on Amazon, in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, the audio version is available on audiobooks.com, Kobo, Spotify, and many other audiobooks platforms. Okay, guys, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.